This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for building happier habits into daily life. This week, we'll talk about why you should pick a uniform and revisit our listener Cindy's question about what to do about the boss who wants to horn in on her daily solo walk. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister Elizabeth Kraft, who has a big announcement that I know many people have been waiting for. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yes, Gretchen, my new podcast, Happier in Hollywood, which I am co-hosting with my writing partner and friend, Sarah Fain, is getting ready to launch on May 18th. We have a date. Yes. So yay, we are so excited. Yes, we're so excited. Um, And it will appear in your feed one time, but if you want to keep listening, you need to subscribe, but you'll get the first one. We'll go into your happier feed so that you get a chance to check it out. Um, now, Alyssa, tell everybody a little bit about what they can expect from Happier in Hollywood. So Gretchen, Happier in Hollywood is a podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, <laughs> more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, and fundamentally insane world. Um, so basically, it's just how to be happier in Hollywood. Uh, Sarah and I have been... Um, writing partners for 20 years and friends uh, since we were 15. Yeah. So uh, we grapple with all of these issues on a daily basis. And now we'll be doing it on the podcast. Yeah. And what I think is great is like the things that you face are kind of they're more colorful. They're more melodramatic. Like sometimes there's actual celebrities involved. But the stuff that you are going to talk about is the stuff that everybody faces. Um, It's just sort of more. Yes. It's just more extreme. You once told me that every cliche about Hollywood is more true than you can possibly imagine. And um, I think that you have really found that to be true. It certainly seems true. 
Yes, we will be getting into all those cliches. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's uh, universal stuff that everyone can relate to. Um, and I do have to mention that our language is definitely a little bit um, saltier than it is here on <laughs> yes. Happier. Yes. So yeah, if that's an issue for you, just um, be aware. Uh, so May 18th, that's so exciting. Yes. Can't wait. Yeah. And Alyssa, we got a great email from a listener. Um, it just made us both so happy to hear how she had taken an idea that we had talked about a long time ago and how it really did lead to this um, big, happy change in her life. Yes. This is from Aaron. I loved even the subject line was happier, life-changing testimonial. <laughs> So she says, this is a very overdue thank you letter, so much so that I have no idea what episode I'm referring to. But we figured out it was episode eight yeah. uh, when we talked about the know yourself better question. What did you do for fun when you were 10 years old? Yes. She says, you were discussing finding your passions in life and that a way to dial it down is to think about what you did for fun when you were 10 years old. Enter the scene was me, completely lost and had no idea what I wanted to do or even what made me happy. At the time, I was bartending in a music venue and just barely scrapping through life. I thought about that podcast for days after I listened and discovered that what I loved to do when I was young was clean my room, <laughs> so much so that I would clean my sister's rooms as well. So now, two years later, I've started my own professional organizing business in New York City and couldn't be happier bringing calm and organization into my clients' lives. People ask me all the time how I got into this field, and I always mention your podcast and the secret question that opened the door to my true passion. That makes me so happy to think that like that one question was uh, made such a big difference to her. That's so wonderful. Amazing. Yeah. And that, you know, she's built this whole business out of it. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So, Aaron, thank you so much for that note. It's yeah. great to hear that um, you implemented yes. that Know Yourself Better <laughs> to such great effect. Exactly. Huh. Exactly. Who knew? Right. <laughs> So listen, this week our Try This at Home tip is to pick a uniform. And I think this is something I've noticed that people are starting to talk about this a lot more, this idea that you can make your life simpler and easier if you if you commit to a uniform. Yeah. And the idea is that people have decision fatigue. Yeah. So it's like we have to make so many decisions every day. And it's just this one more of picking out what to wear in the morning just feels overwhelming. Yeah. If you by picking a uniform, you sort of you make your life simpler. You get dressed faster. It's easier to shop because you sort of know what you need and what you don't need, what you're really going to wear. So it just it eliminates a whole bunch of situations where you could spend a lot of time and energy sort of debating and contemplating and trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, of course, I have my unofficial uniform of sweatpants and a hoodie yeah. that I wear to work. Um, and maybe I'm just thinking part, maybe part of the reason I do that is because I don't want to have to pick out an outfit. No, absolutely. It's a uniform. And and it's not going to work for everyone. I mean, I have a uniform, too, of yoga pants and a hoodie and running shoes. Mm -hmm. Um and not everybody has as much control and not everybody could pick um, the athleisure that you and I wear, of course. But I think a lot of people could do it partly. You know, they could think yeah. about, is there a way I could sort of part, at least partly or at least sometimes in some situations embrace a uniform? Yeah, if you can do it, it'll make your life easier. I mean, one thing I've done, which isn't 
a uniform for work, but when I travel, I just bring all white, black, and gray. Ah. So I know everything will go together. And I probably mostly have that in my closet, so it's easy. Yeah. Um, But I think it's like if you can have, you know, a bunch of black pants, a bunch of white shirts, um, you know, it's just easy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an example of having a uniform for traveling. So again, it's using it partly. Now, and I read this, this great story about picking a uniform. And it turned out this woman, Matilda Call, who was an art director at Saatchi and Saatchi, which is one of the, the leading creative advertising agencies in New York. So she had all this freedom. She could wear whatever she wanted. But she said she was always distracted by thinking like, am I dressed too formally? Is this too edgy? Is my skirt too short? Like, it was just taking a lot out of her. So she decided to pick a uniform. And she picked. She went out and bought a few pair of black trousers. She bought 15 white silk um, shirts. So that was a big commitment. And as sort of her personal touch, she had this custom-made black leather rosette that she wore around her neck because she had all these positive associations with a bow. Mm. And then she had a black a black blazer she would add if it was cold, if it was winter. She bought all the pieces in one day. And so I read this article. I'll, put, I'll post the links to both of these pieces in uh, happiercast.com slash 112. But um, so she wrote a piece about why she had a uniform. And then you see what she looks like. And it's very it's very handsome. It looks very appropriate. And then after this piece came out, her co-workers, there were dozens, had a dress like Matilda Day. And then they have another picture of hmm. her entire office all dressed the way she dresses. It was hilarious. I just thought this is a great example. Like, you can still look like yourself. You can still look great. But she just made her life a lot easier. And then it just became like a signature yes. thing where she actually, it made her identity even stronger. Yes. Because she had this very clear outfit. So I think it can be almost a bold statement. Exactly. It's a, it's the, We've talked many times about the signature color, and this was like a signature look. And it's interesting, speaking of uniforms, uh, Kim Scott, you know, who's my good friend and is one of the co-hosts of the, the excellent Radical Candor podcast, which is all about sort of working well and managing your work life. Um, I saw her recently because her book, Radical Candor, uh, just came out and she was wearing an orange sweater. And another friend of mine said, do you know that the only thing she wears is orange sweaters? And I was like, what? (laughs) And it turned. So I emailed her and I was like, is it true that you only wear orange sweaters? And she said, yes, because orange is my favorite color. She has three winter weight, three fall weight, three summer weight. In orange, she has different T-shirts. She hasn't found the perfect T-shirt yet. She says, but when I do, I will buy 100 of them. Um, and she always wears Levi's 501 sh- shrink-to-fit jeans and either Clark's desert boots or running shoes. So that's her uniform. She just oh, em- I love it. embraced the orange sweater. Yes, that's, yeah, it's like the taking the signature color to a new level. Yeah, she was just, and I said, oh, is this like your flattering color? She's like, no, I just like orange. So she just <laughs> went deep into it. <laughs> nice. Um, And Gretchen, many people I know have commented to you that Obama um, talked about having a uniform in a Vanity Fair article. Yes, so many people, when they knew I was writing about habits in this sort of the associated ideas of decision fatigue and trying to eliminate decision making, uh, sent me this quotation where he said, you'll see I only wear gray or blue suits. I'm trying to pare down decisions. I don't want to make decisions about what I'm eating or wearing because I have too many other decisions to make. So again, it's like, He's even going beyond like wearing a suit, which I think for most women, you're like, oh, men wearing suits like that's so easy. But he's like even committing to blue or gray suits. And again, it's this idea of like if you have a lot of decisions to make, 
if you can eliminate some unimportant decisions, you're just going to save your energy and not be so depleted by the end of the day. And it's also one less thing to be judged on. You know, it's like everybody knows what you wear and it just (laughs) kind of takes out the sort of critique, which is nice too, can be. Yeah. And the thing is, this would not be fun or helpful for for everyone. Some people don't mm-hmm. couldn't really pick a uniform because their life isn't consistent enough. Some people it wouldn't be appropriate in their workplace. And some people love picking out clothes. Like Elizabeth, yes. mom loves the the creativity and the pulling together and trying different combinations. And she gets great joy out of that. <clears throat> so I think this works for somebody where you don't find it to be creative and energizing. You find it to be draining. So this is a way to get yourself out of that if it's not something that you enjoy. Some people enjoy it or some people have to do it, but this is something to think about if you can. Yeah, I mean, I I have a friend on that front, Gretchen, who, I mean, she likes to dress so much, she'll pick themes like, oh, it's Mad Men week and every, you know, everything she wears (laughs) is sort of 60s. Oh, So for some people, it's a great source of joy. Yes. But for the rest of us, um, (laughs) it's nice not to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know if you do try this at home and how picking a uniform works for you. And if you do have a uniform, tell us what it is. Send a photo. It would be so like it was so fun to see Matilda Call's uniform. I would love to see people's uniforms. Elizabeth, maybe I'll post a picture of me in my uniform. Mm, um, yes. <laughs> uh, let us know on Twitter, Facebook. Email us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is HappierCast.com slash 112 for anything related to this episode. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, a happiness hack. Elizabeth, I love this happiness hack. Yes, this comes from Claire in Seattle. She says... Here's an idea I got from a friend of a friend. This friend told me her other friend had timed herself doing things around the house. I stole the idea. Apparently, this let her be realistic about how long things truly take. It can be useful for everything from chores to sex because it can help you get over the idea that you don't have time to do something. I did this with emptying the dishwasher. It only took two minutes I also did this for myself in the morning. I now know it takes me 20 to 25 minutes to get ready. I recommend using the stopwatch feature to get an accurate time measurement and maybe repeat timings on important tasks. This is a great idea because it can help you realize how much time you actually need, for instance, to get out of the door in the morning. Right. Now, and I have found this over and over is that we often overestimate how long it takes us to do something that we don't like to do and underestimate how much time we spend doing something that we enjoy doing. And so if you just actually know, it can help you feel less burdened. And um, the minute she said this, like I I had known this sort of generally, but I had I had forgotten about applying it. And what I did is usually I wear no makeup. If I can get away with it, I just don't even put on makeup in the morning. But then I have like my easy quick makeup, which is like minimal. And then I have like my makeup when I'm like going to do a video or I'm going to give a talk or I'm going to go to a big party or, you know, whatever. That's my that's my maximum makeup. And I always felt like, oh, my gosh, it's such a big deal to put on Mm -hmm. all that makeup. It's so overwhelming. You know, it's like a burden. So I thought, okay, I'm going to time it. How long does it actually take me to put on that makeup? It takes me four minutes and 50 seconds. And that's like with me dropping stuff on the floor and getting it and me (laughs) taking a minute to like put away the toothpaste that Eliza left out on the counter or whatever. That's not hurrying. And I'm like, it's less than five minutes. It's not that big a deal. And it made me just feel much better about this chore that I am was always sort of battling against because I'm like, it's really not that big a deal. Yeah. Anything that takes less than five minutes isn't too burdensome. Right. Um, and Gretchen, you should be listening to podcasts during that time to, you know, really make it fly. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, five minutes, it's like hardly even enough time to need uh, to put on a podcast, you know, it's like true. 10 minutes. I could listen to Side Hustle School. I could get through a Side Hustle School probably. <laughs> that's that true. Now, I know you and Adam sometimes have a hard time figuring out like how much time to leave to get something. Have you ever timed like exactly how long does it take you to get to school in the morning or whatever? Or in LA, is it so changeable? It's hard to even have a idea of how much long it takes to get someplace. Yes. Anything involving going anywhere in LA, you (laughs) cannot time because it could be drastically different day by day. Yeah. You know, Adam always insists he can take a five minute shower Mm. and get ready in five minutes, which he cannot. But I think if I timed him, he would be not too happy about it. It's a little aggressive. (laughs) Maybe I'll secretly time him. And then at some point when he's in a really good mood, I'll spring that number on him. Or maybe what you could do is like at the five minute, you could be like, it's been five minutes, you know, or something like that. So he's like, ooh, I just I'm still taking my clothes off or whatever. Maybe I should. It does feel a little aggressive. He's someone who always underestimates how long things take. And I think I overestimate because I really like to be on time. Yeah. um, As we've discussed. So anyway, I think the timing thing is good, but yeah, it has to be done in the right spirit. That's for sure. (laughs) Not as a weapon. (laughs) 
But, you know, it's funny that you say that you overestimate. I always feel like everything takes 20 minutes. That's like my default. I'm like, mm. it must take me 20 minutes to put on my makeup. It must take me 20 minutes to walk to school. It must take me 20 minutes to, you know, pack up my backpack. And it's like a lot of things do not take 20 minutes. That's that's you can do a lot in 20 minutes. So I think it's good to have this timer so that you can just be more realistic, whether it's longer or shorter. It's just better information. Yeah. So thank you, Claire. Great tip. And now we're going to return in a deep dive to an issue that we mentioned in episode 108. And this was related to a listener question from Cindy. And as you recall, Cindy was somebody who loved to go for walks by herself in the middle of the workday. She really prized that time alone. And what had happened was that her boss had said, well, I'm trying to quit smoking. And so, hey, is it okay if I come along with you during your lunchtime walk? And Cindy was not enjoying this. She liked having her time alone. She didn't have a lot to talk about with her boss. And she wasn't sure how to handle it. So we sort of threw it out there. And we heard from a lot of listeners about ideas for Cindy. Yes. And they and they were radically different. So, um, <laughs> some people had the indirect approach. And you, you had sort of advocated for that, Elizabeth. You were sort of like come up on it kind of indirectly. So th- these were people yes. kind of in your spirit. Yes. This comes from Lou. He said, You could suggest that the woman who wants to walk alone at work tell her superior that her walk is the only opportunity to speak to her mom that she has all week or insert applicable relative. (laughs) Then she would only need to wear headphones with a microphone on her walk to appear she is having a conversation with someone. No need to actually call anyone or listen to anything. (laughs) So, yeah, that is the, um, the little white lie. Yeah, yeah. Approach. And, that, and I loved this one from Sarah because she talks about the tendencies. Because, of course, I'm obsessed with the four tendencies, whether you're an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or a rebel. Um, if you don't know, I will post the quiz. Or you can take it at happiercast.com slash quiz to find out what your tendency is. But Sarah says, appeal to the tendency of the boss. Mm-hmm. For me, I would be totally honest. I am an introvert with excellent social skills, so many people assume I'm an extrovert. In reality, I get my energy from my alone time. Commutes, workouts, grocery shopping with headphones in, it allows me to recharge and re-enter the realm of other people. I would tell my boss that I don't want to hurt her feelings, but that my walk is my time to recharge, and I need to defend that for my self-care. Or, she says, perhaps less woo-woo phrasing. Hmm. This reasoning appeals to questioners and obligers alike. One has a reason. That's what questioners want. The other one wants the person to have what they need. That's obligers. In the end, I think feelings will be less hurt by being direct. So this is a very interesting thing, which is like, well, think about uh, the values of the tendency of the person that you're talking to. And I think Sarah is absolutely correct. When you think about that person and the values that that person will tend to put first because of their tendency, you're probably going to communicate more effectively. So I thought that was a great suggestion. Yes, that's a very mature one. (laughs) Several people suggested tying the need to be alone to job performance, that Cindy feels she uh, needs this time to recharge and to focus. Janine says... I keep thinking about Cindy's challenge regarding walking at lunch with her boss. This hit home for me on both Cindy and the boss's side. I am an obliger and an ambivert. So if I wanted to take up the habit of a lunchtime walk, especially to replace smoking, yay boss, I could definitely see myself asking to tag along with a colleague to help myself keep the habit. On the other hand, I am a runner and I absolutely cherish my alone time when I run. 
As much as I love quality time with others, I very much need that run for myself. And I have struggled with how to tell well-meaning friends that. One thing I would add that is known here is that the boss is in a supervisory role and therefore it is likely that she is concerned about employees' well-being and productivity. I am wondering if there is a way for Cindy to claim some alone time by explaining how that benefits her in the workplace. She is able to clear her mind and be more productive in the afternoon. She gets good ideas. She blows off steam. She listens to a work-related podcast, etc. I myself am also a boss, though I have an Ethan Hawke-like feeling of play acting every time I say it. (laughs) Oh, that's a reference to episode 108. Uh, Love that. Yes, love that. If it were me, I think I would understand Cindy's need for alone time, no matter how it would be phrased, simply because I can relate. But I also think if it was brought back to how this helps Cindy be a better employee, I couldn't help but agree. It's a risk, could lead to questions about all the supposed benefits, but so were the other options. So I thought I would put it out there. I love Janine's comments because she really is pinpointing like a lot of the the different things that are in play. You know, she's taking a very well-rounded view of how everybody might be feeling in the situation and the good points and the bad points. So um, it was a very kind of complex reaction to it, I thought. Yes. Now, on my blog, I posted about this on my blog, um, as I always do. So on the show notes for the uh, for the episode. And Kate commented, and she had a completely different view of the case, which I thought was very interesting. She said, so it made me really sad that Gretchen and Elizabeth struggled with how to advise the woman who was asked by her boss if she could welcome her during her lunchtime walk. Jeez, the woman is trying to adjust to not being a smoker. Where is your compassion? All three of you. She did not ask the listener to move in or keep her company on Friday nights. She just wants a little help to get through this transition. Giving up solitude a few lunch hours per week doesn't seem like too much to ask of a human being. Happiness comes through helping others. I know you two know this. Mm, well, Interesting. It's a valid point of view. Yes. Now, I will say that for someone, though, who cherishes their alone time and it's the thing that helps them get through the week, it's a very big ask. Yeah. But Kate's right, too, that you could say, well, not smoking could possibly save, you know, this woman's life. So yeah. am I willing to do this to save a life? You know, it's a valid point. Yeah. No, I thought it, I just thought it was interesting to see a, the com- a completely different view of it articulated. Yeah. It's a situation where there's a lot to think about. And um, I, I like that, you know, Kate cares about others. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things that was a big theme in reader responses was many people emailed in and saying, hey, this is a situation that calls for radical candor, which, of course, was a reference to the fantastic Radical Candor podcast, which is one of the Onward Project podcasts. Um, and we were just talking about Kim and her orange sweaters. Um, yes. She's one of the co-hosts of Radical Candor. And so I was reading all these things and I was thinking, hey, we could just call up Radical Candor and ask them what would they suggest for Cindy? And here's Kim to talk to us about what she thinks. Hey, Kim. Hey. First thing, Kim, we have to congratulate you. Your book, Radical Candor, hit the New York Times bestseller list. That is so exciting. Thank you, Gretchen. It never would have happened without all your help. So I'm very grateful. <laughs> Such a great book. Congratulations. 
Also, Kim, before we get into um, talking about Cindy, earlier in the show, we were talking about picking a uniform, wearing the same thing every day. (laughs) And it came up that you like the orange sweaters. So we have to ask, are you wearing an orange sweater right now? I am wearing my orange sweater right now. Today and every day, I wear my (laughs) orange sweater. It saves me a few minutes every morning of deciding what to wear. I love it. Excellent. Excellent. So we heard from so many listeners because we we had this question from Cindy about how to handle her boss. And many people were like, this is a situation that calls for radical candor. And we thought, hey, let's get radical candor in here to talk to us about how would you advise Cindy in dealing with the situation? Yeah, I mean, this is a tricky situation because she doesn't want to make her boss mad. And Quitting smoking is hard. Yes. So I, I think that I would start by congratulating my boss or whoever, I mean, whether it was my boss or some kid that we hired as a summer intern. I'd start by saying, you know, I never smoked, but I, I remember when my parents quit smoking and I remember how incredibly hard it was. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And then I would also say, From what I understand, it's a really good idea when you're changing a habit, first of all, to read, of course, Gretchen Rubin's great book, (laughs) but when you're changing a habit, it's a really good idea to establish new routines. So I think that taking a walk instead of having a smoke is a great idea. Uh, However, I want to let you know that for me, my walk is a really important moment to be alone and alone with my own thoughts. And it's it's something that I need to do to preserve my own sanity. So I, while I think it's a great idea to take a walk, I really need to take my walk alone. So to put, to use your language, you're showing that you care personally because you're saying it's so it's so terrific that you're quitting smoking. I'm so I'm impressed that you're doing something so hard. This is great. But then you're challenging directly by saying this is a plan that just for my own reasons isn't going to work for me. Is that the way to think about it? Yeah, you have to establish that you care about the other person's needs, yeah. which is mm. h- helping them quit smoking. And, and you want to show that you want to be supportive, but you also have needs of your own. And it's okay in any relationship to assert your own needs. It's The relationship is not going to work out if you pretend that you yourself don't have any needs or that the other person's needs are more important than yours. I'll never forget, I had a friend who I cared about deeply, but she was angry. She was really angry at me once. And I was trying to understand why she was so mad. And finally she said, well, the problem is that you care much more about your own problems than mine. (laughs) And I said, well... That's not going to change, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the problem with our friendship, then we, then you need to find a new friend because I cannot. That's not something I can change. Right. And so, very rarely will you get someone who says it to you that bluntly. But think about if Cindy doesn't tell her boss that she needs to take her walks alone then she's sort of saying to her boss, your needs are more important than mine. And that's just not true in any relationship. Although I think a lot of bosses might disagree with that. (laughs) Well, then it's time to find a new boss, (laughs) uh, I think, because, because it is a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kim, I wish we had called you when we initially got this question, because I think this is great advice, validating her and then expressing your own need. I think like nobody else has had that suggestion. And I think that is a great way into the conversation. 
Good. I'm so glad it's helpful. It's, I tell you, the framework helps me out of tricky situations like that all the time. Start by showing you care, but then assert, you know, whatever your own opinion is or your own need is. So, Kim, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, everybody, if you want to hear more from Kim, listen to Radical Candor, her terrific podcast, or her best-selling book, also called Radical Candor. And, Kim, I love the fact that you were calling us from your office in the Flintstone House in Hillsborough, California. And I am going to post a photo of that in the show notes because that is one crazy office space that you are in. Um, it is It is an orange house. <laughs> it's the only wow. orange house that matches my orange sweater. <laughs> nice. Yes, and it's definitely Flintstone themed. So, um, so thanks so much for calling in. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Kim. Great to talk to you. Thank you all. Bye. But so, Elizabeth, we actually heard from Cindy. We got an update from her. Yes, we did. Cindy wrote us. By the way, my coworker that wanted to take walks with me has gone back to smoking and still hasn't <laughs> asked me to walk with her. So I'm going to continue to ignore the issue until it becomes an issue again. I have to say that was an outcome that I did not predict, even though it was highly predictable. But I hope for the boss's sake, she uh, she stopped smoking again. And I hope for Cindy's sake, they find a good resolution. <laughs> yes, I think now Cindy has all this ammunition <laughs> yes. to... When the, you know, when the boss comes up and says, I quit, when ready yeah. to do our walks, she can approach her with radical candor, yeah. validate, and then assert her own needs, and all will be well for both parties. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, Gretch, it is time for a listener question. And remember, everyone, you can leave us a voicemail question at... or easy to remember, 77HAPPY336. Yeah, and this week's question comes from Tara, uh, Gold Coast, Australia. She says, I have just started an online childcare course. This is my first time studying since leaving high school over 12 years ago, and I was wondering if you have any study tips. I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed by it all as I am also a mom and working full time. I am also extremely tired as I also do shift work. I realize my lifestyle is not a great combination for my sleep habits, but completing this course will allow me to have a routine and much needed weekends off with my kids. I'm desperate to complete this course, but I am struggling. So what can she do, Gretch? Well, first of all, gold star to Tara, because this is the kind of thing where it's really, really hard to do right now, but it sounds like she's really thought it through. And this is something that's going to really make her life easier and happier down the road, even though it's really challenging right now. So double, triple, quadruple gold star for figuring that out and for following through. Yes. You always say, Gretchen, um, in in the happiness project that one needs to live in an atmosphere of growth. Yes. And this is definitely Tara living in an atmosphere of growth, even though it's hard. Even though it's hard. So what can she do to make her life easier? There's study tips and there's other things. Well, one thing I think that is helpful is this is not forever. Sometimes when you're going through something like this, you just feel like this is unbearable. I can't handle this. It's you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And one of the things to remember is like it's a very, very hard time, but it will end. And I think sometimes just remembering or even, you know, doing the thing that we've all done, which is making the calendar and crossing off the days Mm. can help you like stay focused on the fact that I'm going to get through this. It's not forever. Yeah. And another thing, Gretchen, and I think we've talked about this before, is 
to remember that you can ask for help. Yeah. I think a lot of times people want to do it all on their own. They don't want to ask for help, but it's a short period of time. So is there, you know, a friend who could take her kids for a couple of hours one day so she could just sort of study uninterrupted or, you know, or or can her kids um, themselves help just explain to them this is important for right now. And, you know, this week, can you guys get dinner ready or, you know, whatever's appropriate for their age. And I do think people understand when you need help. Well, and I think they're often also, it's just human nature, it's easier to help when you know, like, it's just for this limited time. I'm not, like, signing up to take mm-hmm. your kids Monday afternoon for the next five years. It's like, I'm just, I have a crunch time right now. I'm sort of dealing with, it's not a, it's not a true emergency, but it's kind of, it's kind of a boot camp that has to be got through. And so, um, and it's true. I don't know why it's so hard to ask for help, but very often it's just, you can think of, there's things that often that people can do that can make things easier and it can even be generous to allow them the opportunity to help. Yes, yeah. that's true. The other thing is, Gretch, you always say, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah. And I think when people haven't studied for a long time, because um, I've seen this in a few friends who you know, take classes, you feel like you it needs to be a perfect environment to do your work. It's like, I have to have complete silence and mm. my number two pencil sharpened <laughs> and all of that. And it's sort of like, you know, maybe on her lunch hour, Tara could get in some studying and maybe yeah. that isn't the perfect time because pe- she's surrounded by people or she has to, you know, sit on a bench or something. But getting even, you know, 20 minutes of studying done during that time can really add up. Right. Yeah. And looking for those little kind of small bits can really um, make a big difference. Um, One thing um, just on the subject of studying itself, the idea of study tips, one thing that's very interesting about the research is that one of the best ways to learn material is to quiz yourself. And that often Mm -hmm. what people do is they review, review, review material. And then you very, you very quickly think that you understand it and that you know it. But then when you're tested on it, it turns out you don't know it as well as you think. So it's Mm -hmm. one of the ways to try to help yourself be the most efficient in terms of mastering it. If there's, you know, sample quizzes, or if you can have one of your kids or a friend quiz you, or if you can find sample questions, that is a way to very efficiently figure out what you don't know so that you can really focus your attention on mastering the material. And also, it's like, don't be afraid to overstudy because it's such a great feeling to go in and (laughs) nail a test. And that can really build confidence. Yeah. And then make the next thing you have to learn easier because you have such a clear understanding of what you've already learned. Yeah. Uh, I know you're a big overstudier, Gretch, and yeah. it always served you well. Yeah. Now, one thing that is not that fun, but again, it's related to this idea, it's not forever. And your idea of don't let the, you know, like find the little bits of time is that you might say to yourself, like, for this period, I'm going to give up something that mm. occupies time during my week. So it could be TV, like I'm not going to watch TV or I'm not going to go I'm not going to go on Facebook or whatever maybe for you represents something that's maybe really fun, something you don't want to give up, but that you're going to say to yourself, well, for this period, I'm going to use that time studying because in the end, it's going to it's going to be so valuable that I'm going to make that trade for now, just for now, um, because I think for a lot of us, we do have more time than we think when we really look at how we spend that time. Yeah. And it's, you know, Gretch, we've talked about on the show, uh, you know, do something for your future self. Yes. 
Tara's definitely doing yes. something for her future self. So if she has to make a sacrifice, like giving up Facebook for a month, it's like, well, I'm giving up Facebook for my future self. Yes. You know, and that's a way to frame it so that it's something positive as opposed to something negative, right. which, you know, I always find very helpful. Yes, absolutely. And the last thing, this is, sounds really hard for Tara because she does shift work and it's really, really hard to get good sleep when you do shift work. If you can get more sleep, if you can ask for help to get more sleep, if you can do the things that you need to do to get more sleep. It really will help you study because it's very, very hard. Like just the, the just understanding and mastering material is hard when you're sleepy. It sounds like Tara's got a tough situation, but like that should be a really high value. Like it's really important to get the sleep. You're like, should I stay up and have a, like a fun conversation with my friends and that's going to give me energy? It's like now probably during this period, you'd be better off going to sleep because it's, it's really important. Mm -hmm. But well, gold star again to Tara. Yes. All the best. Tara, I hope you email us and let us know how it went. Yes. Everybody's rooting for you. Good luck. Good luck. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Okay, it's time for demerits and gold stars. And Alyssa, what is this long-standing, you know, festering demerit that you've been that you were talking about? Yeah, Gretchen, um, this is about my eyeglasses. So ah. you know, I have I wear glasses all the time. Yep. And I can't believe I've never given myself this demerit because it's something <laughs> that has plagued me on a daily basis. But I had the same glasses for years, uh -huh. I think over four years, maybe five years. And it got to the point where the anti-reflective coating uh -huh. had sort of half come off <laughs> and the lenses are really scratched. So there's no way to clean them. Right. Because even clean, they're splotchy and, you know, I can't really see right. And I think everyone looking at me is probably seeing that it's like half <laughs> anti-reflective and half now reflecting the light. And I mean, just I guess you would describe my glasses as a hot mess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's just plagued me. And I just and I've known oh, I need a new prescription. You can't new, get new glasses without a new prescription. And then it's like, do I get progressive? Do I not yeah. get progressive? This whole thing. But I have to tell you, I'm turning this demerit into giving myself a gold star because I finally got new glasses. Hey, and triumph. I can see. <laughs> yes. What made it possible? You know, I it was one of these things I left work early one day and I wanted to do something productive. So I like stopped and got my eyes checked at a lens crafter and got a new prescription. Ah. 
And I just told Adam, I have to get new glasses. And we happened to be near a Warby Parker the other day, which has, you know, really affordable glasses with cool styles. And so we went in and I just was like, I'm not leaving this place without (laughs) new glasses. And I got a new pair of regular glasses and I got a new pair of sunglasses and they are progressive. So I'm moving into the whole uh, Mm. progressive world. Um, And I am so happy, although it it takes a little getting used to the progressives, but I don't feel embarrassed (laughs) about my glasses anymore. So I don't, I really don't know what I was thinking, letting this go on for so long. Um, Maybe it's because the glasses are such a big deal that to get new ones seemed like such a commitment, which it is. Well, and it's also, I think, one of those things where it's a nagging problem day after day, but it's not acute. And so you don't really at some point, like if they actually broke, you'd have to right. go get them fixed. But this is something that's so draining because day after day after day, you're like, oh, gosh, I really should do something about it. Oh, gosh, I really should do something about it. Oh, man, why haven't I gone to get new glasses yet? It drains you. Yes. And so now the other thing about this is Adam has made me promise that I will only use the proper cleaning uh, implements (laughs) on the glasses. He thinks I scratched off the anti-reflective, you know, using like rough um, towels to clean my uh, lenses. So I'm trying to be responsible. But if you wear them every day for four years, stuff's going to happen because, you know. That's true. But yeah. Oh, excellent. I can't wait to see your new glasses. Tell us what your gold star is this week. So I'm giving a gold star to my daughter, Eleanor. She just had a birthday, so she actually did this when she was 11. Now she's 12. But um, she had to get a she had to get a um, a vaccine, and she does mm-hmm. not enjoy getting shots. I wouldn't say she's like terrified of getting shots, but she finds them very unpleasant and to the point where. Like she was sort of grumbling. We were walking to the pediatrician's office, and she was like, "Oh, do I have to have a shot? I, oh, I hate getting a shot. That kind of thing." And um, what you know, what can you say? You're like, "Yeah, you got to get a shot." And uh, so I, I said, "Didn't have anything to offer." And then all of a sudden, she sort of visibly perks up, and she says, oh. "I know what I'll do. I'll watch sloth videos while I'm getting my shot." And because for whatever reason, Eleanor's obsessed with baby sloths, mm. and yes, it turns out there's like this giant trove of baby sloth videos on the internet there's you know there's everything on the internet and they are super cute and so sure enough we went into the doctor's office i teed it up on my phone so i was just ready to hit play Mm. she gets in the chair she rolls up her sleeve and i say to the nurse she's gonna watch the sloth video while you do this to distract her and the nurse is like great idea so she starts it now i know too from like research that it's very hard like you can't keep your mind on too many things And so I started firing questions at her about this sloth video as we were watching, Mm. because then it's like she can't even register what's happening with her arm because her brain is just being exploded. So I'm like, what's that? What's that? What's his name? Ooh, is that Sebastian? Oh, yeah. What's that? And, you know, it takes one second. Yeah. And so then it was over. And, And I thought, well, what a gold star for Eleanor, because she figured out on her own. A great solution for something that uh, like adults don't like to get shots. I'm like, I could do that. Yeah. I could check my phone while I'm getting a shot just to distract myself. So I thought that was a really, really good, easy, effective solution to something she was facing. That is a great idea. And I am 100% going to use that next time Jack has to get a flu shot because yeah. he's already dreading next year's flu yeah. shot. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to do that. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Eleanor. Thank you, Eleanor. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Pick a uniform. Let us know if you tried it and what uniform worked for you. Thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. 
And special thanks today to Kim Scott, co-host of Radical Candor and author of the book Radical Candor out now for weighing in on our listener question. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. We've said it once. We'll say it again. If you like the show, it really helps us if you tell a friend and if you subscribe to us on iTunes or give us a rate and review. It helps other people find the show. And my new bonus feature is I'm going to list two resources to remind you that you can get. One is Elizabeth's YA book, Flower. Elizabeth, I went into a bookstore the other day. They had four copies and it was jacket out. So I was like... Excellent. I don't have yes, to do my. I love the picture. I don't have to do my usual gorilla thing, which I do with my own books, which is when I walk around and like rearrange them and put them spaced out <laughs> all over the shelves. Um, and I also wanted to let people know that uh, speaking of the four tendencies, which we were talking about before, I have now made my Better app free. It used to be nine ninety nine a month. I decided to make it free because the fee was a barrier for some people. So if you go to betterapp.us or you search for it in App Store under Gretchen Rubin Better. You can learn all about the four tendencies and get into conversations with people about the four tendencies. Yeah, people really get on on there and talk about what's working for them. So it's super cool. Oh, it's so fascinating. I can hardly tear myself away because, you know, I'm obsessed with the four tendencies. So this is like heaven for me. (laughs) Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.